Hello and welcome back to the Jackie Richards show. This is your host Jackie Richards. This week's episode is a part two to last week's. Uh, I unboxed my entire journey with my burnout story and social media, my unhealthy addiction to social media and stimulants. And this week's episode is going to be lighter (laughs) and more interesting if we're being honest. It is my good friend Heather Burge. She works with me at Saint, which is my network marketing company. And she shares with us in this week's episode her very healthy step away (laughs) from social media. And I am so excited for you guys to hear her story. Okay, you guys, here is my friend, Heather Burge. We have been through highs and lows. Like I said earlier, we are sidelines. We're not on the same team, but I've learned so much from her. But today, the focus is going to be you guys learning from her on how she stepped away from socials about two years ago. Is that right, Heather? When was that? It was about a year and a half for an entire year. Oh my gosh. Okay. So much to unpack here. Like I referenced earlier, my step back was literally a necessary thing. I was completely burnt out. If I did not step back, it was like that or quit. Like it was wild. Whereas Heather's was different. Heather's was an intentional step back. So Heather, can you walk us through like what, what was going on in your head? When did that idea pop into your head that, you know what, I want to try social selling network marketing without socials. So this is such a great, great, great question. And I'm so excited to kind of be able to share this whole journey because I'm sure some people might be even a little confused if they have ever, and actually a lot of your people are be like, who is this chick? But if you don't, like Jackie said, you know, I am, I am with Saint and I'm kind of known as the girl who went off social media for a year. I do not have a big following. Content creation is, has never really been my jam. And so then for for that reason, like when I tried to make that my, my daily, I guess, action steps to build my business, it kind of fell short. I'm also an achiever or a recovering achiever, I say. And so I feel like the energy behind the reason why I was, for example, making content or posting consistently or doing reels, like, again, it, it didn't resonate with people because my goal wasn't to help serve them. It was to serve my business. So mm-hmm. I kind of give that the backstory both yeah. personally. Um, but a, a year and a half ago, I had started my podcast Um, actually at the time it was based on my speech that I had given at our company's conference and it was called dream with me. And it was all about helping goal set and, you know, break down a clear vision for your business and to clear action steps. I love numbers. (laughs) We were talking about that on my podcast interview with Jackie about how that's not her superpower, but it's mine. I love it. So I was, that's how my podcast started, but I was in a podcast coaching course And I remember one of the action steps was to create a Facebook group for my community of my podcast listeners. And I remember I just put my foot down and was like, I am not starting another Facebook group. In fact, I think that that is the craziest idea. I want to take my business completely off of Facebook because I don't think that's the answer. I feel like what I was seeing in that moment was social media was taking off for a lot of people. And there were people who were going viral, who were having great, amazing sales, but people looked at that and social media and, you know, going viral as the only way to do it. And it was like this immediate download in my head in a 24 hour span that kind of set in to realize that I didn't start my business that way. That's not how I grew to the initial levels of growth. I know even you, Jackie, did a 
start mm-hmm. your business in that way. And so I thought, what could it look like for me to both focus on growing my same business, my network marketing business, and also even growing the podcast, which is kind of cool to think about that I was able to grow a podcast if by completely and intentionally pulling myself back from social media altogether. And so I definitely think it was a God thing for me. I am a believer and I, I feel like that was a clear direction that seemed a little delusional or crazy. We were talking about delusion and faith too, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think it was a little, a little crazy and I'm sure people saw it that way, but for me, it was clear as a step that I needed to do to, to set the example, to prove that there are other ways outside of simply going viral or building a massive social media following in order to build your business. So I can keep going. That's like the really Oh, no, I love it. And and did you guys, Heather's a pro. You see how she segued and gave herself an intro? I'm such a noob. I didn't even like fully introduce you. So thank you for taking that like time to like give everyone some context. But you guys, that's Heather, my my polished friend, Heather, that understands the power of giving you guys context to her. I'm going to, I'm going to ask some questions though. I want to poke holes in your story only because I know my listeners will want to poke holes in your story. And then we're going, we're going to understand this a little bit more because the very last thing I want you guys doing after this is just telling yourself, you're going to just run off social media and you don't need it to build a business because Heather Birch says so, which she is 100% correct. But there is a very key word missing here. And that is that she intentionally did this. And one thing I'll tell you about my polished friend, Heather, is she has a plan for just about everything. So <laughs> Heather did not willy nilly just be like, yeah. And then, you know, we'll see where the winds blow us. Let's see what, how I can still maintain my rank and, you know, da, 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 da. There, there was definitely strategy still involved with a step back. So can you unpack that a little bit more for me and my listeners of how you brought some intentionality to pulling back the reins on social media, but still being able to be a present network marketer? Oh, I would so love to, because I think that um, on the podcast where we were chatting and I was interviewing you on my podcast Um, you were talking about some mistakes or some decisions that you made that you don't regret, even if they seemed a little crazy. And for me, I know that I did not make that decision out of fear because I think a lot of people hear my story or are, are curious to take that same path because they're afraid or don't feel comfortable on social media or they don't know how to do it, or they don't, you know, want to take the time to learn. So it's like, they're taking the path of least resistance and leaning into the fear side of it. And I can, I'm here to tell you, it was the opposite. Like it was actually like, it was, it was hard and scary to step away from it. It was the scary choice for me was to step away and to kind of take on that responsibility of leaning into exemplifying those strategies outside of social. It was not, it was not hard. And you're exactly right that I'm strategic to a fault. It's actually one of the things that's like a, both a gift um, and sometimes a, a hindrance in my business, because that's just the way my brain thinks. So absolutely. Even if I didn't have the picture of how long mm-hmm. um, or exactly what it looked like, it was very much an intentional uh, faith-based rather than fear-based mm-hmm. decision at the time. Mm-hmm. I do want to say that through that journey, and I like to kind of say it's like an experiment, if you will, you know, now looking in hindsight, it's like, what, what would my business look like if I did that? Which fun fact actually was able to grow my business ranked to the top like six, mm-hmm. you know, in our company, you know, I did grow my team, my income grew. So that's really cool because I still believe in a lot of the actions that, that I took. And I took a lot of actions. You guys, I still worked my business every single day 
even if you didn't see what it looked like, you know, on the outside on, on social media. However, having said that about a year in, and especially when I realized it had been a year, I started to realize that I was staying off of social media at that point for my own comfort level, Mm. rather than realizing that this is the way that it should be exemplified. And I am highly motivated by figuring out what works for people and then doing that myself and then showing other people how to do it. That's like, I think how I've built my business. And I realized in that moment that me exemplifying that action that might only work for about 1% of people was not how I should be running my business. Because can you build and grow your business without social media? Absolutely. Is that what I would recommend for 99% of of network marketers or social sellers? No, it's not. (laughs) And so Mm -hmm. I made that prayerful decision to kind of, you know, again, faith-filled, messily step back into social media, trying to do it because for me being very strategy focused and knowing that, as I kind of mentioned earlier, that was a hindrance to my being able to really lean into the benefits of social media because people can feel it. You guys, if you're an achiever and you're like a, you know, you're trying to grow your numbers and grow your followings and you're doing the actions to serve to, I hope this isn't too bold, but to serve yourself versus serving the people who are following you, then people can, people can feel it and they could feel it for me. And I'm saying this not to judge other people and not to judge myself, but just to bring awareness to the fact that I knew if I came back, that it had to look different and that it had to be an example that, 99% of people could follow. So this is interesting. I love it. So I guess, I think you heard it from her mouth. Do you not encourage most network marketers to step away? Okay. You hear that? One, one, 1%. Now, do I encourage every network marketer to try some of the strategies that I did implement, which I know I talked about this, that this year at our company's reunion, but obviously you have a lot of listeners that don't have anything to do with saying, or, you know, weren't even there, but for me, it's things in person is, is huge because mm-hmm. I did find when I ran the numbers, because of course I ran the numbers that mm-hmm. 40% of my re my reorders, like when I looked at my best customers and I ranked them in a spreadsheet, by the ones who'd ordered the most. And I literally went through and and highlighted how I found them. 40% of my best customers came from in-person endeavors, which meant that at that time, I probably had about a thousand, maybe 1200 customers. Like a majority of the ones that ordered time and time again, which is residual income in this business, you guys. Mm -hmm your happy customers continuing to order product from you, regardless of if they join you in business, that is, that makes money for you. Okay. And when I realized that that was coming from a deeper connection that sometimes is really hard, doesn't mean it can't be done online, but it's really hard to do online. I think more people could take advantage of or lean into if that is a passion for you know, a gift that's within themselves, you know, to, to really lean into that in-person endeavor, but there's a bunch of other things that I could, you know, examples. No, would you, would you mind giving us just a few others? Cause I I do appreciate this. I wanted to provide extreme context to, you know, a day in the life of a top leader that is off of social media. So if I could just extract one day of like last year, so you were, so that might've looked like in our case, in our company, you guys, we do makeovers. So was that like a makeover or like, how were you nurture? How were you nurturing your business? Not using social media? Yes. So I did a lot of one-to-one makeovers, which I know a lot of people feel like, especially if they're a 
beauty professional, or maybe they get a ton of sales online, they can think, I'm not going to spend two hours of my time for somebody to maybe, or maybe not, you know, buy $200 worth of makeup that I'm going to, you know, or whatever your product is, um, that I'm going to make a little bit of a percentage off of, like, that's not worth my time, but I'm here to tell you it, it is, and it can be, and you don't have to do a ton, like even over that year, or even over the life of my business, it's not like this is all I've done day in and day out. I'm talking maybe five in-person makeovers a month that by the way, have a much higher conversion of ordering. Like I guarantee you, if you were to run the numbers for a top seller, the percentage of people who, you know, actually follow through with purchasing from interacting with what, you know, like for us, it's a color match form, getting color match, for example, is a very small percentage, but the actual people who purchase from a face-to-face -face interaction with your product is it almost always results in a conversion. And so it, it is a higher conversion, but it's a higher connection piece and it allows you an opportunity to share your story, to share your personality. I know you're big on that, Jackie, of just leaning into who you are. And in a lot of cases, those people are like, they're connecting with you and they're thinking, wow, okay, if Heather can do this or if Jackie can do this, like maybe I could do this. And it's like the more real and imperfect you make it and the more you make it about them, the, the better the conversion and the better that connection piece is even going to be. So that in-person makeovers was one. I am obsessed with doing small groups. I always say that's my favorite way to do it is like, instead of doing one makeover, if I can get like four to six people in a room, but no more than eight, it can get really overwhelming, especially for a newer, a growing distributor to, to have more than that around an a kitchen island play and makeup in our example, or just, you know, trying out, you know, cause I, I know there's a ton of different products, like getting your hands dirty with whatever it is that you are sharing. It's fun. I think people are craving that post-recession because we lacked it for so long. They feed off of each other. I find that there's always a skeptic and she usually comes around by the end of it. There's always like the quiet person who like orders everything. And there's always the super fan. And it's best if, you know, you have that person as like a hostess, for example, because then they can kind of be your advocate for, for that. So, um, I would say those two things primarily with our product or, or what I focused on, but I also, a couple of other tangible examples I did, um, I, um, joined BNI business networking international, mm -hmm. which is, and did that. Mm -hmm. which is you, we meet every single week. I, I did also prayerfully just um, exit from that within a year because not because I don't think it worked. I think it worked beautifully for someone who wants to lean into alternatives from social media, but where I am in my business, that hour every single week of time, knowing that um, I probably wasn't even able to fully take advantage of the power of it because I know that my time is more valuably spent in other areas like recording this podcast or some other fun and exciting things that I can have up my sleeve. And so anyway, but BNI was another one. Um, going back to the happy customers, I invited and still to this day, I'm taking advantage of referrals from within my existing customers. So that looks like using things like text marketing, um, the power of like our company, we have a really strong Postgres rewards program. So it's, it's kind of intentionally connecting with super raving fan customers to invite them to earn free makeup by allowing me to share it with friends and family, even if that's one-to-one -one, or again, in those small groups. So referrals and asking for them and making those connections with the super fans was another huge, huge, huge aspect um, of it. I and then that. what's the last one? Yeah. Tell me. The last one. <laughs> There's yeah. so many. But the last one is I, um, because I felt like when I was trying to do all the things, trying to grow on social media and trying to, because that's what most people right now, they're, they're, they're seeing what I'm doing. They're seeing what you're doing. And they think they have to do all of it. 
And it was so freeing for me to open up that mental energy to not focus on that one facet of my business and, and be able to allow my time to focus on other areas at that time in that season. I realized that um, I wasn't serving my customers very well. So that residual piece, like I felt like I was dropping the ball with connections, with conversations. I did have some automations in place in my business, which I think are really important for someone who is a top performer, top leader, you know, has the income to invest in things like that. Um, but I realized that I wasn't going deeper and really serving my customers. So I got really clear on my systems, I actually developed some really duplicatable systems for within my business um, using project broadcast and tying it together with my job form and my email marketing to where it automatically flows in a way that I built it myself. I built a course actually that's right now it has a has a, a waiting list I'll relaunch it I think yeah give list. us that link I'll put that in the show notes once I really figure out how to do that so they can go to heatherkberge.com slash automate mm-hmm. um, to to you know learn a little bit more about it but it's basically literally a DIY walkthrough of exactly how I set up my automations because I learned that the the, the fancy system that I paid thousands for you know mm-hmm. it was very good and still what I would recommend to someone who is a top seller like 5k or more or mm-hmm. a top leader that does not have the time or energy or desire to build you know to build it but they've got the income to justify that investment I still recommend them go that route mm-hmm. however for like the probably 90% of other people who aren't there yet but want to get there yet I found that by streamlining and you know creating automations that that prompt the connection piece of it, it helped me to, you know, feel more confident that I could serve my customers better, which made me want to serve more customers at the same time. And I've seen that grow in my business and I've seen it in the growth of the people who've gone through my course. And again, the people who have invested in the the fancy programs that aren't very DIY. I love that. That's such a huge nugget. And I didn't even know that you were going to come pack in that one that you guys, I mean, cause really though, automations is a huge pain point in network marketing where, I mean, my brain automatically is already melting a little bit right now, just thinking of them, which I'm one of the girls that has, you know, just paid an expert to just figure it out. But I love that you are offering something to other people to figure out you guys project broadcast is such a gift. So if you don't use that in your business, like We've said it here um, and make sure you go to it's heatherkburge.com slash automate. Is that what you said? Okay. That's going to be amazing. And then I I have a couple more questions for you around this. Well, I guess just the analogy that kept coming up to me when you were talking about all the things you did while off social media, it kind of reminds me of like, if you're, if you took your right hand and you had to like tie it behind your back and then all of a sudden your left hand, if we had like a week of using our left hand, like we'd become a little bit more proficient in it, you know, or it's like when, you know, you break an arm and you all of a sudden realize like, Hey, I, I can still function. I've gotten really good at that. And it, it sounds to me that that's kind of like what happened in your, in your hiatus with, with social media is you took things back to the basics of what this originally was. And you realize just how duplicatable this actually is that you social media, such an amazing tool. You guys, I love it. I think it's so amazing, but, um, there is still so much you can do outside of your reels, outside of your live videos that can build your business. Um, well, I guess I want to know why, can you just tell me a little bit why I I'm fascinated. I did not expect you to say this, that you don't encourage people to step away. I'm fascinated by that because I, I, I guess in my head, I built up a story that you are the queen of telling everyone to step away, but it sounds like you have a stance on that. Tell me about it. Yes. So I think the the bigger message, the one that, you know, I did because for a little while, my podcast, and actually maybe even Jackie, when we did the first interview 
where I interviewed you, I think my podcast might have been called scale without social and which is a, it's kind of clickbait, right? Like it's very, which is exactly probably why you're thinking that's my messaging. Yeah. Well, somewhere, I think it was about a year ago, I changed the name of the podcast to called to lead mainly because I felt like there was so much more to talk about within network marketing and specifically choosing faith over fear, or even the, even things like systems, automation, numbers, all of it. Like I could talk about that and do <laughs> over all my podcasts all the time. And so the minute that I made that decision and then incorporated not so much scale without social, but the fact that you can do this without being a slave to social media or without selling your soul to social, I think those are things that people resonate with and they can realize that you can, you know, you don't have to be a slave to social media because I can promise you. And like for you, you don't feel like a slave to social media. And there are a lot of people who it comes naturally to you. You love it. It lights you up. It's your gift. And people have to, if you have that gift, you have to lean into it because it is your superpower. Mm -hmm. And if it's not your superpower, that's okay. But you still, I, okay. So here's the story behind this. And this is a new, this is a new, which is also probably like, wait, I was not expecting this. But I had made the decision to step back onto social, didn't know what it looked like, you know, was like posting here and there. I talk about, and I know we've talked about, I think on a training before the different um, strategies when it comes to Instagram. So influencer, which is like trying to, you know, grow a following based off of, you know, being an expert or being you a brand, the integrate, which is being a human, like, you know, talking about your facets of your life, but integrating your product and your business, the ignore, which again, is probably 1% of people now I would say. Um, and then the investment, which is more like going all in on your product. So it's like product education, which people do really well. So it's less you as the brand, more, more someone as the product. So I was like, okay, I know I want to do integrate. I want to be a human online. I know my family misses seeing my pictures of my kids and you know, whatever. They don't even know that we're at a new school, like all this stuff. So like, let me put that and I'll of course talk about the product and business as well. Well, I went to a conference in July and, um, it's called she speaks and, it's a conference for Christian communicators. And so I was like, I didn't even know why. I feel like it was like a God thing that was like, just go there. And I was like, okay, fine, I'll go there. And I think the second speech in was this gal that came out and she says, I'm going to teach you about social media. And I kind of was like, I should go to the bathroom, you know, because like, on the one hand, I'm like, I know everything. Like, it's not me not doing it doesn't mean that I don't know the things. I know the things about social media. So I'm like, I'm not going to learn anything. Um, and also that's not really, that's not really my jam, but I was like, okay, fine. I'll, I'll sit there and listen. And she, you guys like wrecked my mind because she's like, it is, if you have been given the gift of your business or your personality or you as a human, if you're not using the power of social media and the amazing opportunity that is there in order to not build your business, but to reach more people and serve more people then you're, you're once again, you're making it about you. And I was like, oh gosh, like here it comes like, oh, conviction. Like this is, you know, I've been like, I just had and in, in that instant, it was like a total transformation. And I got so much clarity on how I wanted to step back in. And I knew number one, it wasn't something I felt comfortable with. I kind of came back kicking and screaming. I didn't want to do it. I was scared. The same thing that people feel all the time, but I knew that I couldn't just wait around for that little inspiration to like, you know, spark. I knew that if I was going to serve more people through the messaging that I believe is, is, has been given to me, you know, if I want to be able to reach more people and serve more people, then I've got to put it out there on social media. 
which I know sounds like crazy. Oh, wow. I love that that has been said. I didn't realize you had that epiphany at that conference. I, I think that just takes, that just speaks to the fact that people's minds can change all the time. Like, you know, there's someone's listening right now thinking, you know, I don't even know that, that that it doesn't matter what they post or whatever, but you'd never know. I mean, you were what I would consider probably not uncoachable, but maybe a little bit like in your pride or a little bit like I know better than this. And then in sitting in that experience, you, your mind had changed. I just love, I just love humans. I just love how we work as humans that we, our hearts can soften and that things can change in, in the, in the, in a span of a short time. Um, Heather, thank you so much for being on today. I am so grateful that you were willing to come to my baby bird podcast (laughs) and be a featured guest. Uh, you are incredible. You have always, always inspired me. Every time I have an interaction with you, I leave feeling better about myself. And if that's not a woman of God, I don't know what that, what is then because you are, you are so kind and so generous and full of such knowledge. Um, all of you listening would do so well to go follow her in her new emerging into social media. Uh, Heather, what is, how can they find you? They can find um, me personally, again, using the integrate strategy over on Heather K. Burge. Um, just Heather K. Burge on, on Instagram, Instagram or all the places. I'm not on TikTok. Don't have any um, desire to be there. Um, I also did start a separate Instagram, which of course, you know, like a real I love it. Using the investment strategy with called to lead. So it's at called.to.lead. And that is just my, that's for my podcast for, you know, all of the things that like, if that resonates with you, that the topics that I talk about choosing faith over fear, leveraging simple systems and doing it all without being a slave to social media, that's the content, like, you know, begin posting a reel of my, um, you know, my, my podcast interviews are the things that I'll say, I am trying not doing the best, but trying to post daily each weekday on one of the two platforms. And so it's not so much a strategy as it is just trying to create a habit that you I guys, know what she's describing is my spaghetti method. And I think it's totally necessary at times where we don't, you don't always have to strap have a strategy. Sometimes we just throw spaghetti against the wall just to get the habit built. So I love that Heather. I love that you're in that little era. Yeah. <laughs> crazy. It's so crazy. Thank you so much for being here and we will see you guys next week.